0: To the podcast where we bring on remarkable people to tell their stories. I'm Paul Gilman. I'm Daniel Lance. And this is Pod So One. Rachel Adcock is a survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma and the author of the book Pain with Purpose. Her experience with cancer, as well as a few other twists and turns, led her to write the book as an optimistic commentary on how difficult and painful situations in her life always ended up fulfilling a greater purpose. You can find the book, Pain With Purpose, on Amazon for exactly $8.03, and all proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. So here's Rachel. Rachel Adcock, welcome to Podso One. Thanks for joining us.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
2: <laughs> yep. Boom, I love it. Rachel is joining us because I know she's awesome, and I've known that for a while now. When did we meet? What year?
1: Yeah, I was just, uh, I was just thinking about what year that was. 99? Maybe- 2000? Well, no. No, it would have been... 06? Yeah, 5 06. I'm getting 06. old. My, Probably 05, 06.
2: My years run together. Yeah. It feels just like longer ago than that.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Right. But
2: yeah, exactly. It's only been,
1: what maybe 15 years-ish. It's uh,
2: more than half of Daniel's life, so it's well, that, been a while. that's
1: a long yeah. time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like it. You guys should just use, like, my life and my age as your metrics.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll calibrate to that every time.
0: Yeah. When we talk <coughs> about age.
2: So, Rachel, you are... Uh, Born in Texas,
1: I was yes.
2: But, but were you, did you grow up there?
1: No, I. Uh, I actually, it's a it's an interesting story. I uh, was born born in Dallas. I lived there until I was about three, and then my parents, my mom's parents, were in Virginia, and we needed to come visit them. And um, I, I can't remember the whole rationale behind it, but uh, anyway, we moved back to Virginia. Then we ended up going back to Texas again. Mm-hmm. Lived in Irving for a little while. My dad's parents actually lived there. And uh, and so we we went back there and then we came back to Virginia again because my mom's um, parents really needed us to be here. And then I just stayed. So I think since about third grade, I've been in uh, Virginia.
2: So dad's a Texan, mom's a Virginian.
1: Um, Yeah, actually, my dad was born in Los Angeles. uh, But my his his dad moved around a lot um, just because of his job. And uh, he uh, ended up. In Texas, at some point, uh, I think because he went to college there, so
2: so Irving, Texas, uh, the second time in Texas, and then you, when you whip to Virginia, was that to Crew?
1: Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure. i sure. mean, there are good things there, about Crew. I'm not going to peop- bash there it. are wonderful people. My mom Crewe. loves Crew. She'll live there forever and she'll never leave. But I just, it's not for me. But.
0: Daniel, have you you ever been to Crew? I thought you were talking about the sport for a second, but you're talking about Crew, Virginia, right? With an an E at the end, yeah. Yes, no, I have not. Do you
2: know which uh, famous musician is from Crew? Willie Nelson. It's a wonderfully wrong guess.
0: He's Texan, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's Texan, yeah.
1: I'm not the right one. How many guesses do I get? Do you know know the answer? I feel like I do, but I can't.
2: Oh, no, no, he's not from Crew. He's from Maharan or Maherne, or however you say it.
1: But Uh it's
2: the same area, same county. Doc Watson. (laughs) <laughs> we, we could Who? stay. We could stay here all night. With us. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, Roy Clark is from that area. Roy, right, right, ah. right. Hee haw, fame. And if you're just a classic country music guy, yeah, I
1: don't know why like, I thought he was from Rice, but maybe that's. I think he's from uh, Mahern. Maybe not too far from Mahern.
2: How do you say
0: it? Mahern.
1: Mahern, yeah. I think. I mean, I think you're from right. the area. Yeah, yeah. You drive down 460. I think you just go towards like yeah, Lynchburg, right. and it's somewhere it, back.
0: That's exactly down right. that way. So, yeah. what is Crew, Virginia,
1: like? Well, it's um, it's pretty small. I want to say the population was like three thousand or something. The time that I lived oh, there, I no, don't know it's what Nottoway is Nottoway now, County, right. it's not but it's part of part of Nottoway. It's yeah. one of the three parts of Nottoway County, and uh, you know it's all railroad town. Yeah, you know, it's when you know everybody knows everybody, and um, you know it's a good safe place to live. And you know had Did a lot of friends growing up, but just just wasn't really the place I wanted to I wanted to stay.
0: So. Mm. Did you enjoy it as a kid?
1: I guess so. Yeah. I mean I have some some fond memories of that. I don't know if it was unique to, to crew or just you know being a kid. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot to do there. You know, it's <laughs> it's about an hour drive to go to Richmond and to get to anywhere that has like you know, stuff going on and um, but some people prefer that, you know, more rural area. So
2: Yeah, if you drew, drove drove southwest or north out of there, you were gonna be driving for a long time before you found a city.
1: Yeah, I mean, Farmville is really the closest, I'd say, big city. I've got that in it's,
0: it's called Farmville.
1: Farmville. Right, so it's yeah. like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's not filthy. <Philly>. Exactly. <laughs> Here's right. a clue, yeah. So yeah. did you find yourself trying to get out of crew and go to, like, Richmond, for example, to go to, I don't know, concerts or fun city stuff?
1: Yes, I, I did as soon as I could. Um I you know, we did some of that as a kid. We I remember we used to go to, I don't know, car shows and just different stuff. My parents would, you know, would go to Richmond periodically. But when I um when I graduated from high school, like I, you know, I left there not, not too far after that. I actually ended up moving to Blackstone. Uh, myself, um, just like moving out on my own, which is like the bigger si- the bigger town within Nottaway County, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and it was where I worked at the time. I uh, worked at, at Hardee's, just like uh, my first job.
2: Yeah, I've been to that Hardee's. And actually, my only times. job
1: before where I, where I'm working now. So,
2: Hardee's to your, the, bi- the yeah. big bank, the big bank that um, nobody will ever guess the name yeah. of.
1: Yeah, yeah, cor- corporate America. So, yeah. Um,
2: All right. Wow. So Hardee's, it's a job. They pay you, mm-hmm. but it's it's not. What I would consider a career, right? So, in your career, you've worked in one place.
1: Um, Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, when I when I was at you know at Hardee's, I moved into management, and um, you know I worked there while I was like going to community college, and you know so I I worked there for gosh, it's probably almost five about five years. It's a long Um, time. mm -hmm.
2: I forgot how long you worked at Hardee's. So, when you moved from Texas the second time to Nottaway County, how old were you?
1: Uh, around eight, I think eight okay. or eight or nine. Yeah. So
2: your formative years were really spent in rural Virginia. Yeah. And when you say Blackstone was the bigger place to go. Oh yeah. If any of our <laughs> listeners have been to Blackstone, <laughs> we, that, that, I mean, it is sparsely populated.
1: Oh yeah. That whole no, area. Yeah. I mean the whole place, the whole area is pretty, uh, pretty small.
2: So if you had time to yourself as a 10, 11, 12 year old, what were you doing? How did you spend your time?
1: The main thing I remember doing is just being outside all day long and, you know, playing in, you know, the woods with my friends and in the creek. And I don't know, just coming home dirty and I don't know, just doing stuff that kids used to do that they don't do anymore. (laughs) Did your parents know where you were? Which my kids want to do. Um, I mean, generally they knew I wasn't too far, but, you know, I I went to my friends' houses a lot. I I didn't like to be at home as much. I like to kind of be out and doing things. Yeah. All
2: right. Playing in the creek.
1: As it were. For example, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: There, and actually,
1: I, um, well, as I, I got into being, a, uh, I guess, more of a teenager, I used to, uh, we had a pool hall that was actually down the street from where I lived, and I used to walk there um, pretty frequently and shot pool. That's one of my, one of my favorite, uh, favorite hobbies. Pretty and, you good? Uh, I'm okay for a girl.
2: Well, I don't know what that I, means. I think that means She's good. I think that me yeah, I think she's uh
0: trying to I don't know if us. people who are good tell you they're good.
2: I mean yeah. five years from now we could be in a pool hall and, and Rachel's playing and then she could sucker us. I'm yep. I'm
1: okay. I'd say I'm okay. I wish I uh I wish I had taken it up as a hobby and I may still one day like, you know, try to be in a league or something. I just never had time for it and but that's how I got into it, is the pool hall down the street. So
2: Did you ever win any money playing pool?
1: Nah, never played for money.
2: Really? Never? Mm-mm. Always for fun. Oh. How many how many pool tables in this pool hall?
1: I don't know, six six or seven maybe. It was a pretty okay. small place. But, I mean, for for Nottoway County and for po- specifically, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, you know.
0: The per capita ratio is pretty, expect. pretty uh, good, <laughs> yeah. pretty solid. A lot of pool tables per capita. Yeah. Per capita Although,
1: either. you know, of the things to do in crew, that was one of, like, maybe two. So mm. I, I, a lot of people came to the pool hall.
0: What was the second thing to do?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know what the second thing was. I was just trying to. Say it's. It was one of the very few things like to do. Probably <laughs> thing. <in> creek, Virginia. <laughs> it's
0: probably like a drive-in theater, maybe, or or playing in the creek. Playing. Yeah, in the
1: creek. no, no drive-in theater. At some point, Crew um, doesn't even, didn't even have a grocery store anymore.
0: Uh, they mean? did when
1: I was a kid, but now there's there's not. Where any do you grocery have to go store. to get groceries? Well, you either have to go to I guess Blackstone or Farmville or. I think there's, like, a Dollar General there that, uh, like, my mom goes to Dollar General sometimes to yeah, get, yeah. you know, odds and ends, like milk and bread, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy.
2: Are you an only kid?
1: No, I have a, a younger brother, seven years younger. He actually lives in uh, Colorado. Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: You keep in touch with him, pretty tight yeah. with him? Um,
1: here and there. I, I wish we uh, we were a little bit more connected. but
2: Seven years is pretty seven big. Seven years, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, hard to keep in touch and have a lot in common with that much of a gap in between us. But, um, you know, I talk to him every once in a while.
2: So how old were you when you left crew, Nottoway County?
1: Um, I guess, well, I guess when I completely left, like when I left to come up towards uh, more of the Richmond area, I was about 21.
2: Okay. And you went to community college before that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which one did you go to?
1: Well, I went to uh, Southside Virginia Community College, and then I, I also went to John Tyler when I got... Uh, when I came back to this area, I had to divide it up um, a bit uh, just with, uh, well, you know, I mentioned to you that I had cancer. That kind of changed my direction and my path and uh, why, I, why I actually ended up going to community college to begin with, because I was supposed to go to VCU, and I was ready the fall after my um, graduation to go there, and then um, my plans changed, and so that's...
2: So you, you learned about, you, you got a diagnosis right after high school?
1: Um, Yeah, I got a diagnosis uh, right around the time I was graduating. I don't know if it was right before or right after, but it was, I I believe, June of the year that I graduated.
2: Yeah, so either days before or days after, it sounds like. Yeah. And what kind of cancer did you have? Uh,
1: Hodgkin's lymphoma. So uh, you can have Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's. I think Hodgkin's is the more rare form of lymphoma, but also the uh, more curable. So, I mean, I was really blessed to... Of having cancer, the type that I had was a good... If, if, <laughs> a good if, if, if your backdrop
0: have. or your reference is cancer, yeah. It's, does, it, it's it, of the does it typically process. affect people of a younger age like that?
1: Um, yes. Actually, my understanding is that Hodgkin specifically um, is, is found more in, in younger generations than older. Um, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but... Um,
0: and so how, how did you uh, eventually find out? Were you just not feeling well?
1: Well, it's interesting. I actually, I was having chest pains and um, my, my whole childhood, I was sick growing up. I always had chronic bronchitis and um, I had meningitis in the eighth grade and just That's like no I had, joke.
2: I had meningitis too. It's awful.
1: Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was horrible, um, but bad allergies. I don't know, I was just always sick growing up. Mm. And um, anyway, in this particular instance, I was having chest pains and I went to, I think I actually went to the, the hospital um, and they said that they thought that um, I had pneumonia And so they treated me for pneumonia and then it didn't really get any better. So I went back again and then they ended up doing like a CAT scan and they, they found that I had a, um, a a tumor or what appeared to be a tumor. And they were like, well, Hey, you know, chances are it's a a benign tumor. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 but it's big enough where it's kind of pressing up against like your bronchial tubes and that's why you're feeling this pain. Mm. Let's do a biopsy and, you know, kind of find out what's going on with it. So they had to, you know, kind of cut me and, and do a biopsy and, um, and then, of course, you know, found out it was it was malignant. And um, but uh, I guess I probably a couple months had passed by the, from the first time that I went to you know find out I had pneumonia to the time that I actually found out that it was uh, it was cancer. Um,
0: wow! So you're like a seventeen year old waiting a couple of months for this result to come back. Were you like kind of freaking out?
1: Um, you know, I don't remember being super stressed about it myself i think my my mom was um, a lot more stressed about it than i was but Mm -hmm. i don't know the whole thing just uh kind of crept up on me and it was kind of i guess during that time period i don't know i don't remember being like you know terrified i just wanted to know what was going on so we could figure out how to how to fix it so
2: right and how how was it ultimately fixed
1: well, um, shortly after the diagnosis, uh, they decided to start chemotherapy. Um, I couldn't have radiation because it was too close to my heart, and so they were concerned that it would um, create other problems, and they couldn't also operate on it for that reason either. So um, I did six months of um, chemotherapy and um, living in crew. We had to drive back and forth to Richmond, Every day, like um, you know, for chemotherapy, and you would do it like a few days on and a few days off because your body has to recover and like rebuild white blood cells in between your um, your treatments. And so I did that for six months. And
2: would you stay in the hospital um, during each phase?
1: No, it was it was mostly outpatient. I did have a period of um, well, one or two times where I ended up in the hospital for just like an overnight, just because my blood cells were too low. And so they keep you to evaluate you and, you know, kind of get you back before you um, go back to everyday life.
0: Because mm. chemo, like, it kills not just the, the bad stuff, but it also kills the good stuff. Exactly. So you had to balance it out. Um, so I can see how that would throw a big wrench in your in your plans uh, if you were planning on going to VCU, having to go every day and, and get treatment like that. So, yeah, how did you adapt uh, to, to, yeah, to that taking over?
1: You know, I think, I mean, I was disappointed at first. I was excited about going to VCU, but I think part of me was kind of scared too. And it, I don't know, felt a little bit more comfortable to stay local, particularly while that was going on, because I just didn't know what was going to become of it. So Mm -hmm. um, I ended up, I think I ended up taking a little time off and then I started, um, you know, just community college there so that way I could be more local and, um, you know, be close to my family and and so forth, even though I was um, living on my own at that point. but I was still, you know, not too far from my mom.
2: So. Right. Uh, so So, were you ever like super freaked out by any of it, or you're like, "Hey, this is what it is, and uh, we'll work through it, and I'll be fine."
1: You know, I I really was pretty positive through the whole thing. It isn't. It didn't really, um, you know, it was never anything that was I was really worried about. Um, I think the part of it that bothered me more than anything was uh, was just losing my hair. Um, you know. Being a girl, that's something particularly that age, you know, that's a pretty sensitive sort of thing. And, you know, I knew going into chemo that I might lose my hair, but I wasn't sure that it would definitely happen. And -hmm. then as I started my treatments and I was into it for a few weeks and then a month or so, I mean, I would like take a shower and like I put my hand in my hair and I would just have like globs of oh. hair I mean it was just it was just uh, that that was a really difficult time for me I finally cut it off really short just so it wouldn't be as um you know as obvious mm-hmm. when I ended up losing it all um but that that was probably the the worst part of it so yeah
2: and that's how I learned you are ca- a cancer <laughs> survivor I don't know exactly what I said I've I'm sure I was trying to be appropriate, and I hope I came across as appropriate. But I said you have an interesting hairstyle, and I was trying to make small talk, just trying to uh, get to know you a little bit better. And I, I essentially asked, why, "Why is your hair <laughs> like that?" And I didn't phrase it that way, but I basically said, essentially said that, and you said,
1: "What?" Well, I, I think I, you know, I told you it was because I had cancer. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> which was really just for the purpose of, you know. Just, just making you. Uh, I think we knew each know, other well enough that you yeah. could
2: you could do that with me and, and know that I was going to take it just fine. But I, I was also going to feel bad about
1: it. Oh my gosh! No, you're always the most tactful. Try to be
2: tactful. Yeah, no, I felt I felt <laughs> bad. Daniel may was, disagree with tactful.
1: I was really just I was really just messing with you. I think I, think I, I actually thought you already knew that. For whatever no, I reason, didn't. And then you didn't. I guess <laughs> but, I had no idea.
0: No um, idea.
2: What?
1: Well, yeah.
0: You definitely wield a, wield power over people if you can just kind of drop that. You know that's a that's a bomb, and they're gonna they're gonna step back if if you throw that out.
2: Oh, if I'm you, and I, I've been through that experience, I'm using any excuse. If you just say <laughs> hair, I'm gonna go there.
0: Yeah, uh, or anything like that. And so that wasn't until like a, a few years, like a bunch of years after. Like h- how long was the whole process from diagnosis to remission? Remission.
1: A year, a year and a half tops, but um, I just had short hair, and I just kept it for a while after that, and I'm kind of a creature of habit. I don't make a lot of changes, and at some point, I decided I wanted something different, but...
0: Okay. (laughs) Do do you get a lot of Pauls asking you, like, hey, your hair is interesting?
1: Paul's the only man that has ever said that (laughs) to me. No, Uh, (sighs) No, I'm just joking. There were maybe a few.
2: Yeah. Maybe a few mildly (laughs) inappropriate people
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) inquiring about your hair. Um, Oh, yeah,
2: it's a good times. So uh, you've been in remission for a really long time now. I I guess you don't have to worry about that particular kind of cancer coming back, just a a one-time.
1: Unless it was just, I guess, a coincidence, Um, you know, if I got it again. So I took uh, CAT scans for the first five years after being um, in remission technically, and uh, once you hit the five-year mark, they don't do regular checkups anymore after that. So, you know, that first year or two was a little uncomfortable. You know, and then now it, I don't, don't, I don't think really about think it? about it a lot. But, I mean, yeah. it's, really, it's, it's really changed the whole path of my life. Um, and so I think about it in terms of how to, you know, maybe inspire other people that are going through it. You know, what can I share with them to make them feel better about it? Because, like, I think people think of cancer as, you know, oh, you're going to die. And, I mean, there are many people that survive cancer and live normal lives. Mm. And So there's nothing about my life right now that feels any different because I went through it. Um, but I think my life would have been in a completely different direction if I hadn't been through it. Cause like I, when I went to community college, I actually met my husband there.
0: Oh, well, um, and and there so, it is.
1: So I've, I've put these pieces together like, oh, well, you know, I would have been on a completely different path. I never would have met him. And then I wouldn't have my kids. And,
2: and you can't you know. think about that stuff too much, right? Cause the what ifs and all the well, other sure. things around you that could have been on that other path, who knows? Yeah.
0: And it probably gave you perspective. I mean, yes, I don't know if... Like, I don't want to ask the question, is it a net benefit or not? I think it's a weird question to ask, but like, you know, you are who you are in part because of it. So, but great segue into your husband. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you met him at community college?
1: Yep. Yeah, he was going through uh, an electrician program uh, there. And uh, and then I was, uh, I was just taking some general study stuff. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do at the time. And uh, a friend introduced us and... Um, and then we ended up running into each other at, la- later, at a later time, mm-hmm. um, actually at a, at a club. Um, but I was like, hey, you're the guy that I met from community college. That's the electrician, right? And then um, it when was kind of history from there. When
2: you say club, Daniel's a millennial. He may not know exactly what you I, mean I think club. of
1: like the, you know what I mean? It was a kind of a place like that, but it wasn't too far from Nottaway. So they don't have like the, those places mm-hmm. like in, in Nottaway County. So it was sort of like an in-between Kind of. so, so, so what is so, like so a players in between, club
2: in between, <laughs> in between like a square dance and like the kind of club
1: kind there. of like you walk into a place like that and they might be playing like that kind of music and then the next song might be some slow country song kind of thing that like right. goes back and forth.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, wow. It wasn't
1: like the flood zone or anything. Well, you probably don't even know what the flood zone is, nope. Daniel. But
0: is that yeah. a uh, <laughs> Richmond? It was a uh, venue? place that had a lot of uh,
2: not famous yeah. bands, but maybe locally famous bands uh, right there in the bottom. Oh, cool! Yeah. yeah, they actually had four. actually right
1: in here, like bombs up pizza, like in that. In that yeah, area yeah,
2: yeah. They had two or three stages in there. They had a fourth floor that had a stage in it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was the that was the spot. And then at some point, that turned into uh, Have a Nice Day Cafe, and then I don't even know what it but is still, now.
2: But still, but uh, still, concerts. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it concerts and stage, yeah. and like just DJ that kind of thing. But uh, whenever I made it to the big city of Richmond, like I tried to
0: the big city venture out a little bit. <laughs> cool. So y'all met. Well, you met, and then you met again. And then who closed the deal? Who was like, hey, let's go out?
1: Well, I think I think he did. Yeah.
0: Nice. So, was it love at first
2: sight?
1: Uh, I don't know if I really believe in love at first sight, but it was definitely like, I really like you at first sight and I could see this turn into something kind of thing. Okay. Rational
0: so. response. <laughs> so, um, and and I already know this, but... Uh, I you, will, you just pulled a Gilman. I, I know. I will,
2: <laughs> I'm going to introduce. I know this, but let's talk about it
0: anyway. <laughs> I'm going to introduce a fact to the to the listeners that um, you're the only person I've ever met who uh, has divorced someone and then remarried that same person afterward. So, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's <laughs> yeah, like the so ra-
2: round one. How how long did the round one last?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. We were married for about eight years, and um, the first few years were great. Um first yeah, well and then we had uh we had my first son. Um and things were things were great. You Th- know this
2: is about your son, so what's your first son's name?
1: Uh his name is Jacob.
2: Jacob. And yeah. he is Shout now
1: out. he is now sixteen. He's driving. And he is driving he actually. Because I'm got, on
2: Facebook now and I saw that.
1: He got his driver's license uh last week. Is and scary I am for now you? I am now in one of the more stressful periods of parenthood. It's awful, right? Um uh, it's it's horrible. I mean, Oh was, my god, he's
2: not here and I can't control what's going on.
1: Yeah, well, at, let me say, it was it was terrifying. I know we're getting off track, Daniel. No, we'll come back. That's it was, back it was terrifying, you know, driving with him during the period that he's learning times, how to get his especially. license. And I'm, you know, where's the brake on the passenger side, like trying to, you know, shove my foot through the front of the car. And anyway, just that was terrifying. Then I got a little bit more comfortable after I rode with him over and over and over. Then hey, I've got my license, now I can actually go out by myself, and I don't know, I hadn't mentally prepared myself for it, and he's ready to roll, he already had his agenda every day, here's where I'm going, and he hadn't talked to me about any of it, anyway, that was like a really terrifying day, that was just a few days ago, so I'm still like recovering from that. At least
2: he didn't uh, plan like a seven-day trip where he was just going to be gone for seven straight days. if it was
1: up to him, he would be gone right now, but, uh, (laughs) wow, yeah.
0: Yeah, I got to imagine that's like a big loss of control. And it's like letting, the, like letting them fly out of the nest kind of in a in a small way. Uh, I
1: appreciate that you can identify that because I know it was maybe just a few years ago for you, <laughs> right? Yeah, so well,
0: it's <laughs> funny. Uh, <'cause> Rachel's <laughs> giving you more
2: shit than I give you about you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I know. just messing with you.
0: I'm trying to be like more wise than I am. But what happened actually was that I, I was um, overseas f- through all of high school. So I never actually learned to drive until I was 19 or 20. So, uh I had to kind of learn late.
2: <clears throat> well, you were captive. Your mom was very appreciative that you were captive and didn't have your license when you were
1: 16.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I still found ways to run around, but um, yeah, it's harder without a car. But yeah.
1: Wow. So, I wish that he had wanted to wait that long. But
0: a lot of kids do now. Yeah. Well, you
1: it's know, rare. I thought that he did. Like when we were talking about this a year ago, he didn't seem like he was in a rush about it. You know, he was fine. And then all of a sudden, it was like, there's boom, so much I want power. A yeah.
2: Power, and he probably had a couple of friends that got their licenses and he's yeah, like, oh.
1: maybe that too. One, he has a job now. He's he's been working now for a couple months. I think that's given him some independence and he's got a few paychecks and so now oh. driving is the other big thing to do and it's cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, part, part for, of him. for him, not
0: for you. <laughs> buddy, I'm
1: proud of him, right? I mean, he's done he's done a great job. I've
0: heard of like this thing that people used to do where they just cruise. It's just called cruising. You yeah, just drive. It, that's hilarious, Dan. Yes, I've cruised before. <laughs> I just have, have you cruised,
2: Rachel.
1: A little bit.
0: Yeah. A little bit. <gasps> uh, were you the driver, or were you just kind of chilling in the car, just cruising?
1: Uh, I'm just kind of chilling. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is Daniel making fun of our age. No, it's just like a. <laughs> I've never. I've never seen this happen. Um, there was nothing else to do.
2: That's why you cruised.
1: Oh yeah. Especially like thinking like 17, 18. Yeah. Just else drive to do. around town. You go through McDonald's parking lot. Come back around. <laughs> go down. Yeah, your music is blasting right the whole time. The music part. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: That's hilarious. <clears throat> okay, so you had your first son, and then continue the story.
1: Well, I'd say you know the first year or so, um, a couple years we're, we're still pretty good, you know. But it takes a big adjustment um, having a, a child. You know, uh, for I don't I know you you don't know about that yet, Dale. But soon, I'm sure you'll you'll be able to experience One day. that. He'll but
2: you'll have to be married. I um, think is the way. The but
1: you know, it's a big it's a big does. adjustment to get through that, and. Um, and then we, we had my, uh, my second son, Tyler, who was 13, who is uh, very into music, um, and he, he's playing bass guitar now. I know you are talking about you, nice. you playing uh, a little while ago. Um, and uh, anyway, things were, things were good at first, but it, I think it, just the stress of having like both kids really was kind of taking a toll on us, and, and I don't know. I mean, we... Um, I don't think we maybe gave ourselves enough time to really mentally prepare for that. And, uh, you know, we were, we were arguing a lot and mm-hmm. things, uh, things had just gotten pretty tough and we decided it was, uh, it was better to, better to be apart. So
2: for each other um, and for the kids. but
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so we divorced and at the time I thought it was the best decision I had made. I mean, as much as I loved him and the first few years of our marriage were wonderful it was like this newfound freedom, and um, you know, I uh, I was I was kind of kind of happy about it at first, and not having the stress of you know arguing and going through some of the struggles we were having. Uh, but then, like reality set in, and you know, I did the the single mom thing for a while, and you know, having having two children and not having like a family together, mm-hmm. uh, there there is a lot. I mean, I, obviously um, when, when I have them by myself, that's a lot of extra, you know, work that we were sharing before, but also just sharing the joys of having a child and being able to share that with each other and, you know, those years. And so we were, um, we were apart for uh, about six years.
0: Uh, and how old so, were the kids like in that six year span?
1: Uh, so they were one, one and four to start with. So, okay about seven and 10 when we, when we remarried.
0: And were they just staying with you or were they going back and forth?
1: Uh, They were going back and forth, uh, which, which also, you know, makes it tough, you know, the letting the go and keeping up with the schedule and, you know, you have the different, the different um, activities and stuff that, uh, you know, that come up and coordinating to make sure that, you know, the parents are there to see what's happening. And, you know, I don't know, it's just all these added stresses that come with that situation and, um
2: different, different parenting styles too. And usually the blend of parenting styles ends up being the better answer versus one or the one Exactly.
1: Or the other. I mean I think I think both you know both parents play a critical role in, you know, the development of, of kids and when you're trying to do that and you're a part. And um, you know, I mean I'm I'm I blessed that, you know, that he was still involved during that time period. I know many women, you know, do it completely on their own and um, you know, I know it's an added, you know something missing, obviously, in a child's life to not have their, their dad involved. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if, if you were to ask me at the time, you know, when, when we had first split up, like, if things would have changed down the road, I would have had no foresight to that. Like, I would have thought we would have been like that forever. So...
2: Wow. At the time,
1: I was really... I was thankful for that.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. So now, now you've been back together uh, for six years-ish. Do you just... When people ask you how long you've been married, how do you answer that? question?
1: <laughs> I always struggle with that. So, yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 years. This December would actually be our 20th.
2: So, do you oh, tell wow. people 19?
1: No, I, I subtract that time period. So, uh, August 3rd is our new anniversary um, coming up, and that's uh, I just you know add the two together, and so that'll be our six years. And then 14 if you add the two. But, you know, I, I've know, I've heard of a few people that have gotten married and remarried like two or three times. And, like, I don't know how they do it. I can barely keep up with it there It's simple bl- math, but what? I, know, I is there a,
2: it. Is there a blog or something for people that are remarrying the, their first sp- spouses?
1: Well, what's interesting is I had never heard about it um, with anybody. I thought that I was, like, this kind of unique case. And then after... After that, I heard of several examples, and maybe it's just because I notice it Mm -hmm. now, and I wouldn't noticed it before, or because I've I've shared my own story with people, so they're like, "Oh, hey, actually, my my mother's cousin Billy, whatever." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, "Oh."
0: (laughs) So I'm curious about the uh, like, how at what point did you start discussing? Hey, maybe it's a good idea for us to get married again. Uh, Like, when did that happen?
1: Well, um, it's interesting. So like the first few years, again, like we, I mean, we, we tolerate each other. We communicated, but that was it. Like we didn't have really co-parenting, any, any relationship. Not. That was yeah. it. It was mm-hmm. just, if any, if we had to talk about the kids, otherwise no communication. Um, and then I guess, you know, a few years in, like we started to interact a little bit more cordially and it was sort of this gradual thing. And then, um, one year at Thanksgiving, my mother suggested that we in, we invite him over for um, for Thanksgiving dinner, which you know, which he had first mentioned. I was like, why? Like, I mean, it'd be nice for the kids, but I don't know. It just seemed really awkward to me, and I was I was opposed to it. And then then I finally just decided, okay, you know, that's fine. I mean, I didn't even know if he would be willing to come, uh, but he did. And um, so we we uh, you know we had a nice nice dinner, and there was some connection like that evening that I hadn't really felt before. And, um, we, we just started kind of reaching out to each other after that. And, and then, um, I guess about, I don't know, three or four months in decided to go ahead and get remarried. And
0: wow. And was it different? And you said like there was a connection. Is it different from the first time around?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it was different. Um, I mean the same in that like we have a lot of stuff in common that we you know connect with each other about and you know like, like know, all kids. that was the same yeah. it, well and but I mean like the kind of music we like and um things we like to do shooting pool like just yeah, things that yeah. we, we like to do together but uh I don't know it was a, it was a change that I saw in him and um I think the primary part of the change and this is where the um I, I'll throw like kind of my god story into this um, he had he had shared with me around that time that while we were apart, he had he had found God, and had really um, really started to change his life for the for the better. And I I saw I saw that in him like it was a very different. Mm. Um, it, it was just it was just he was a different person than the person I knew before, and I felt like there was really some sort of a transformation. And what was really um, awesome about that is I I had also. So, when, like when I was a kid, I used to um, used to go to church, and I feel like I, I was um, saved, um, had accepted Jesus in my life when I was about fourteen. But uh, I don't think I really got it when I was a kid. You I kind of really, got it, but not fully. I didn't really understand it, and you know, I get, went into my early adult life, and I, you know, I kind of threw all that to the side and was just living any way I wanted to live, and. Um, you know, anyway, when I was going through that time period and struggling as um, you know a single mom and and you know the struggles of being alone and and just some of the the you know depression I was feeling through that time period, I um I decided to go back to church and I learned like the real way, like the mm-hmm. relationship that I needed to have with God and that reliance on God to get me through that time period is like what gave me the strength, like to move forward. And coincidentally, he had had a similar, um, epiphany during, during that, um, time period where we were apart and we could Mm. share that with each other. Um, and so I, I felt like it was, it was God really trying to, to bring us back together. And because we didn't have, because God wasn't part of our marriage the first time that was, um, you know, I think, I believe a primary reason why it, why it Mm. failed.
0: Wow. And then he, he was like, "You guys had it right. You kind of had it right the first time." And it's pretty powerful, yeah. uh, the two of you finding your faith
2: faith independently, right? Because some couples, if they come into a, uh, a relationship and maybe they don't, neither one is faithful, or they're both faithful, uh, one is pulling on the other one to be more of what they mm-hmm. they were, uh, and independently coming to that, I think is super powerful.
0: Yeah. And uh we we got to give the credit to your mom. I feel like she also gets some of it too, right?
1: Oh yeah, no mom, mom definitely does, and uh, she she never uh never wanted us to split up. She was devastated when we first did, and uh, I was even frustrated with her at some point because she would always say something about it, and I'm like, you know, respect my decision and mm. you know <laughs> but um I think she maybe knew all along, but
2: well, mom um, was doing that out of love all of that Yes, I think I don't know your mom oh no, but. she
1: sure she certainly was um but uh but yeah and and so like it's it's all connected for me because i think i i believe myself and i know everybody doesn't believe this but i believe that like that things happen for a reason and you know these you know connections that we have with different parts of our life even the bad parts lead to something better down the road and we just don't, don't always know what it's going to be like this and podcast so, uh, like this podcast, I was just getting ready to say. <laughs> even speaking, <the> bad parts. <laughs> speaking of wonderful things, oh, right. this podcast. I was I was getting on the and bad working stuff with now. like great bosses like Paul <laughs> Dylan, for right, example. Right.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, but yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I connect my cancer to that too. I mean, I think like to a point you were making, Daniel, like it changed my outlook on life and and sort of made me feel like appreciate life e- even more. Mm. Um, and like when I was going through that situation again, I met my husband because of having cancer. If I hadn't gone through that, I never would have met him to begin with. And like, so there was this trickle effect of like, I, the things I saw happening in my life, basically, ever since I've been an adult and, and kind of moving through um, and experiences in my childhood too. But um, I don't know, I just, I believe that. There's something like ordained
0: me. about
2: it all of it. Yeah. And, and you guys are hap- the happiest you've been, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, we're great. And, and we, we need each other to get through these teenage years. Too, <laughs> I can tell you that.
0: Were the kids excited that you guys got back together?
1: Yeah, no, they were they were thrilled. Um, you know, my my little one, he was only 1 when we split up. So he he didn't really ever know us together. Um, I mean, so it was exciting for him, but certainly for Jacob, um, you know, my older one. I mean, he was about 4. He he remembers um that time period mm-hmm. and so um it was it was awesome. We had uh, you know, we had a little wedding and the boys participated in the wedding and um <laughs> It was. Uh, it's really awesome. <laughs> did you story. throw
0: like a big, like the first time around, a big party, or was it kind of a courthouse mm-hmm. wedding type deal?
1: Um, it was a little more, a little more of an intimate thing, just kind of close, close family and friends, and mm-hmm. we we didn't want to. Um, we're, we're more small crowd kind of people yeah. anyway. But um, I'm sorry, that's the yeah. first
2: time. The first time you got married was. Small?
1: Oh no, the first time it was more of like eloping. Like we actually got married in a church, but it wasn't. It was just us and. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we did. We did something a little more formal for. Second time, second time around. Second time around.
2: Mm. Yeah. And it must have been really small because I didn't get my invitation.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. I, yeah. I, gosh, I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> uh, oh yeah.
2: That's good times. Well, even though your youngest didn't remember you two together, he still knew that uh, your husband now was his, is his dad. Oh, yeah. Right, so it was like, oh, Wow. Dad and mom are getting together. This is amazing.
1: Oh, so, yeah, yeah. He knew that. I mean, you know, and again, he had a relationship with him during the period that we were we were apart. But it was just never, I don't know that the connection was there for him in terms of us, less, us being a couple. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a, an adjustment to get through. All
2: right. So I learned this recently about you. You have been on a podcast.
1: I have. I have.
2: And yeah. uh, I'm guessing here, and tell me if I'm wrong, the driver of you being on that podcast is you are a published author, which I... Or is that not why you were on the podcast? Was it to talk about the book and everything associated with the book? Was that?
1: Yeah, that was the primary reason. Yeah.
2: So tell us about your book, and then we'll come back to the podcast.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, after the um, our remarriage, um, I guess you know a few years into it, I I started to have this um, little voice inside me telling me that I need to like write a book about these experiences that I just shared with you. Um and I, you know, part of me was like, Well gosh, you know, there are plenty of women that have been through divorces and have even had cancer and other stuff and maybe even both and like I don't know. I don't feel like I'm anything special. I'm just day to day person. Um, you know, so part of me is like, no. And also I'm like, I'm not a reader. I don't even like to read.
2: Someone ironic that <laughs> you've written a book now.
1: <laughs> well, right. So, which is so everything about me was like, why on earth, you know, should I write this book? Stop. But I don't know. I no. felt like it was, you know, God like pushing me to tell my story and share it with women so that, like, you know, maybe younger women facing similar challenges so they can have some motivation and, um, I, don't know, I just I felt like this kind of mission and calling, you know, on my life, and it was just gradual feelings. I worked on the book for several years on and off, um, and I changed it multiple times, and I omitted stuff, and then I added stuff back and and there's a bunch of other stuff in the story that I, I haven't gone into depth about that sort of connects to, again, some of those like kind of a, epiphanies that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but the story the book is called Pain with Purpose, and it's to highlight how. You know, in, in my mind, in my belief, we have bad things that happen to us in life. Everybody does. and But there is likely some positive outcome of those uh, bad things. Either they help us to um, learn and grow from whatever the, the challenge is. Um, they help us to lead to something better in the future that we may never expect, like you know, getting remarried when you think you're going through this devastating divorce and everything's all over, or like they help somebody else, maybe whatever challenge you're having is an encouragement or an inspiration to somebody else. And like, I believe that everything kind of connects together in that way. And so, um, so the book is about that. And, you know, again, it goes into some more details about that. And so the, to connect the podcast to it, um, I met, um, this wonderful woman named Patricia Brooks. When um, or earlier in my uh, in my career at my current current job at the at the big bank, right? And um, we we hadn't been in touch for a while. We we had disconnected, and then I I um, I don't know. At some point, I connected with her again, and I learned that she had moved to France, and it was this big bold move that she made, where she said, "Hey, I'm going to leave my corporate job. I'm going to um, you know I have this dream to." to live in another country, and, and France in particular, and I'm just going to drop everything I, I know about here and the comfort of my life, and I'm going to go and move to another country and start fresh. And um, she wrote a book about it called Growing Bold. And, you know, it was about how our lives, um, you know, you only live once and and time goes by quickly. If you have something in your life that you feel like a calling to do, you know, you need to move forward with it, and how to give like people the courage to go ahead and make that step and do it. So um, I learned about her book, and I talked to her, and then I learned later she had started a podcast to, you know, to to write about, um, you know, her experiences in this journey that she went on, and there were there were a few other pieces to it too. And anyway, she um, she invited me to be part of her bo- podcast because she she really inspired me to move forward with the book because I was I was really on the fence about it, and several times I just said forget the whole thing and I just you know scrapped it, and then. Um, You know, I I had a few inspirations, but she was she was definitely one of them.
2: Why 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 were you thinking about not publishing or not finishing it?
1: I don't know. I think just um, you know, it's a bit uncomfortable sharing your personal uh, you know details uh, you know in such depth with you know with well with people you don't know, but I'd say more more so people you do know. Mm, Sure. (laughs) Like my goal, my goal is to get this book to like a bunch of people that I've never met and, and never will meet. <laughs> but obviously, a lot of people that I do know obviously mm. are, are going to read it too and they have. And, uh, you know, so there's a bit of discomfort about that. And, um, and also, just maybe, like, maybe it, it resonates with me. Maybe I see the way the pieces have fallen together and the way it's changed my life. But, like, others might not feel the same. They're like, God, I just wasted my time. And, uh, you know, what does Rachel, Rachel think she is? I, I don't know. I just, you know, so it's natu- natu- to, natural to doubt, doubt, doubt yourself yeah, and kind of, sure. you know, so. But normal uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I think everybody goes through some of that.
2: Uh... Dan- Daniel's trying to quit this podcast. Well, I was
1: getting ten. ready to ask, I, I, I did was... you ever doubt the podcast or did you I, just Daniel like, knows go I've, all I, in? And... I
2: have never doubted. So we have this little thing that we do. I don't know that we've ever put this on recording. <laughs> no, nobody knows about it. Uh, I, I live in a 1 to 10 world. Like I, I can feel a 1 and I can feel a 10. <gasps> oh, Daniel would argue that I live around 8 or 9 most of the time. I I try to live around eight or nine for sure. Yeah, Daniel's uh, range is three Uh, to six, and so his average is around four to half. That's
1: right in the middle.
0: It's almost. It's a little below. uh, It's like uh, a pessimistic middle. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, close. Realist, maybe, or yeah.
0: I don't know. I I mean, I. I, Yeah, I can usually tell where between eight to ten Paul is by the first few words of our phone call. (laughs) If he's like, "Guess what?" Then I know he's like. He's yeah. scaring ten at that point. He's in, point. in the eight plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: but but Paul has the ones and twos. Sure. He just doesn't make those visible necessarily to I you usually, or others. Right? I, I usually it's, hide those. Yeah. yeah.
2: Very insightful. Yeah, I'm, I've told you. I I live one to ten. It's I, a just, I just I just one to ten,
0: not eight to ten.
2: My my six to ten is more obvious than my one to five for sure.
0: Yeah. No, I like to keep tempered expectations, and I uh, there's a lot of self doubt. Yeah. But I think that, uh, and also, I mean, writing a book and like really just laying yourself um and your epiphanies and your experiences bare for the world to see i think that there's it would scare the crap out of me because there's so much vulnerability required and i could i would just picture being at like thanksgiving and like my random cousin being like hey i read that chapter (laughs) where you like told us about i don't know like something really deeply embarrassed like not embarrassing personal just yeah yeah so it's like it's incredible um that you, you know, you put that, all that vulnerability out there. I think that that's like, there's a strength in that. So, you know, even through the self-doubt. Are you glad you did it?
1: No, I am. I, you know, I felt this relief when I did it. Like, this is what I was supposed to do and I did it. If people don't like it, you know, not everybody's going to like it. That's okay. Yes. But I feel like I did, you know, what I, what I set out to do. I don't have plans to do any other book though. Cause I'm not a writer and that was a really, or, or a reader, really a involved, <laughs> difficult <a> <laughs> thing to do. But, uh, But uh, yeah, and I share like several pretty other pretty deep things, which I'm not sharing with you guys today because like I don't, you know, it's it's more of a hey, if you read the book, you'll find out. Can we?
2: Can uh, so you're teasing our (laughs) listening audience, and and you're also assuming that we can't handle. Well, you might you might realize
1: after you read the book why I would have I would have been apprehensive about publishing the book. That's all. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So all right, good. I mean, even to talk very generally about just you know getting divorced, getting remarried, and like some of the details of, like, my cancer and some other stuff that I go into is, you know, it, that's still sharing, but there's, right. there's like, a bit of a, a deeper mm-hmm. deeper level there, too.
2: That was a really good tease. We're, we're learning, or we're trying to learn how to tease. We're not very good <laughs> at it, right? Yeah.
0: Now. I was just going to say, Paul Paul has trouble reading in general, so I don't think you have a lot to worry about there.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, part of the issue is, uh, like, if I'm going to learn about your story through the book, Daniel's probably going to have to read it, too. <laughs>
0: And then I get stopped for all the big words. But
2: if Daniel says a three-syllable or more word, then I, I give him crap about it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, well, you don't have to worry about those words in my book.
2: It's so. nice. All See? right, there we go. That's part of the reason Rachel's on this podcast. I like, I, like I, to, it. My I
1: like to keep it simple. I don't like all the fancy stuff. Although you break out the big words every once in a not while, Not relative
2: to Daniel, I don't. I
1: used to think, man, that Paul Gilman has such a wonderful <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> and, and then you meet other people and you're like, no, it's not true, obviously.
0: <laughs> I think you talk yourself down. Uh, it's all but, good. So the book, Pain with Purpose, is the name by Rachel Icock. Uh The... I like the concept a lot and I think that Paul and I have talked about it before. I think you know, suffering or going through a trial out of which you come out the other end stronger. It's like a ta- it's classic like hero's journey stuff, just you got to go and face the dragon to get the gold. Like I really love I love that and that's what I that, that kind of thinking is what I use to motivate myself through times of of difficulty so
2: yeah i think part of the difference one of the things that daniel does is he tries to find situations where he can i I excuse the term here but force the struggle manufacture the struggle
0: manufactured struggle and i
2: I think in in i don't think anybody would ever say hey where do i sign up for cancer or hey where do (laughs) i sign up for marriage divorce and then remarrying the same person (laughs) But the the spirit of what we're talking about is the same. Strug, struggle does lead to positive things, if, if nothing more than you you learn. From well, and for the person yeah. that's
1: in it, like they they can identify with it. For for somebody that you know hasn't really had many struggles, it may be hard for them to really understand if they haven't been through it. But yeah, um, but yeah, and there there are other people that like feel that way. I actually had first named the book "Everything Happens for a Reason," and they're like. Forty other books named "Everything Happens for a Reason," or I don't know. Exactly Everything happens how many, for a reason. Number seven. I was seven. like, "Oh my god!" Like I put all this thought. I mean, not that "Everything Happens for a Reason" is like a, a you know real unique sort of name, but I don't know. I guess I just didn't think there were like that many people that really thought that, and there's a bunch that were. So um, there is another book similar to "Pain with Purpose," but it's not exactly the same. So I think I'm I think I'm the only one with that title. Or really, yeah, really, really close to it. But I was like, man, I hope. Because I, I don't know I don't know where the idea came from but I was really excited about it I thought it was more a little more power a little more umph to it you the, know? Current ti- the, current the current title
0: the current title I yeah, like yeah, I yeah. like yeah. it a lot well and even that's even something.
2: if there are other books named Pain with Purpose it's, there's nothing Pain with Purpose by Rachel Adcock that's right.
1: right and if somebody else has even my name without the book title like that's kind of odd although there are a <laughs> bunch of people with the name Adcock I yeah, learned there about are. that a lot too I'm like where I mean they're not related to me I don't know it just seems maybe they I are I feel like I have a pretty obscure maybe maybe they are distant. Maybe, maybe
2: super distant. Yeah. So so tell us (laughs) about your podcast experience, uh, with
1: Patricia, Patricia. Patricia. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of sharing, sharing my journey and, you know, trying to relate to her, um, you know, her audience is mostly an audience that I think is looking for ways to try to, you know, gain, gain the courage or the, Motivation to accomplish X, whatever X is, and so um, it was. It was a little bit more of a targeted, um, you know, discussion. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was good. and I really enjoyed it. I, d- I didn't really think I would like a podcast. I, I say I like it better than like I like the fact that it's not on video.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that part
1: about <laughs> mm-hmm. about the podcast. But I have trouble myself actually listening to podcasts because like my attention span is is like five minutes long. So. Yeah. Um, I had even asked Paul, I was like, I had, I'd seen, you know, a few of the uh, Pots of One podcasts and, and like, I was like, man, they're like two hours long. don't <laughs> really talk for from, yeah. two, I don't know that I can really like hang on that long. <laughs>
2: our our, yeah. our longest uh, recording, uh, well, we didn't record all of this, but oh. we spent seven and a half hours with one guest. That yeah. was a was wow. solid one. Not in it. one sitting. <clears throat> yeah, one sitting.
1: In one sitting. You well, sat here in these chairs. We had breaks. For well,
2: it was not here, but yeah. It's all... Yeah. It's all good. You
1: took, like, a 15-minute break and then came back and...
2: Yeah, back to the audio thing. Daniel and I uh, picked this format because we have audio
0: faces. (laughs) (laughs) We we have really good faces for radio, yeah. That's right. Uh, Yeah.
1: Podcasts are the thing. I mean, people listen to them when they're driving and, you know... um, Yeah.
0: And and people aren't driving as much. Right. If it's the only thing you're doing, like, just pressing play and staring at the screen, like, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to hold your attention that long, but... If you're folding laundry or cooking or driving, you right. know, it's, uh, it's like a little fun thing to have on in the background.
1: Yeah. Well, and to that point, I don't, um, I'm not driving nearly as much now as I used to. I, I used to listen to podcasts pretty frequently. I listen to from work. Yeah. Now, like, I'm at home all day. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know, there, I don't,
0: there are other things I don't think you, about it as uh, much. There so. are other things to do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Our, our, our revenue is taking a hit.
1: Right, right,
2: All, all, all the, the vast pennies that uh, move, move in and out of Hot So One. Uh, so, so is Patricia still doing her podcast?
1: She is, yeah.
2: W- Once you hook us up, we'll be on her podcast together.
1: Yeah, we can I'd, inspire, I'd love to...
2: We can inspire people to... Start their own. To start their own podcast.
0: Yeah, or she can inspire people she, to move she, to France. Yeah.
1: I'd love to connect you guys. I'll... Uh... Really? Really? We love that. We'd love to that. have
0: her on too. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She has the. Uh, it's called the Courage Catalyst. Is her. Um, her. Uh, well, I guess it's her, her business. But uh, she has a pay a website and then um, the uh, the podcast that's connected to it. So yeah. nice. That's
2: a good name. Courage Catalyst. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Do you think it's better than Potso One? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> da- Daniel. It's very catchy. Daniel loves the name Potso One <laughs> because he came up with it.
0: Uh yep. Yeah. But also, I do acknowledge that it's not immediately... You know, podcast names, you kind of have to... The names got to indicate what the, what it's about to a certain level. Podso 1 is like, what is that? What does that even mean? So... And, e- and then yeah. we
2: get the question a lot, and then we give long answers, and we're tired of the answer about halfway yeah. through.
0: and we're like, we don't even know. They're like, what's it about? <laughs> like, I don't, we don't know. I mean... <laughs> It's all good. Anything and everything.
2: I
1: asked the same question. But.
2: So uh, I don't think you mentioned your husband's name. Did you mention? Oh, his it's name? Fred.
1: Yeah, I guess I, maybe I didn't mention Fred's his wife. name. Fred's <laughs> wife. That's why my yeah my license plate says Fred's wife.
2: Yeah, there it is. Appeared so. so, so, you
1: already knew so, Paul.
2: Uh, Well, our <laughs> listeners don't. Not on this So tell us about Fred. Tell us more about Fred than what you've told us thus far.
1: Well, he's uh, he's a great hardworking hardworking guy. He uh, he does well a little bit of everything and kind of the you know handyman arena if you will electrical hvac plumbing i mean he can he can fix fix just about anything and he has a long list at our house that uh that i give him (laughs) as well there but um but yeah i mean that's that's what he does for a living and then um you know we have you know we have the same taste in music we like to go see live music together which is something that we're really Mm. struggling with a bit of a bummer uh, recently
2: Yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: this uh, situation we're in right now. But, um, but yeah, you know, music, uh, again, shooting pool. um, We really have just a lot of the same, you know, interest and, and, you know, philosophies and just, uh, you know, I don't know. I think we were, we were meant to be, meant to be together. So
2: yeah, right on. That's awesome. Uh, Tell us about Jacob. Besides the fact that he's scaring the crap out of you driving around without you.
1: Yeah, Jacob is. Uh, he is a. He is a character. He's got his own uh, style that he's developed over the last year or so. It's kind of a. I wouldn't call it uh, maybe to the extreme of like goth, but he has like uh, longer hair and he actually just dyed it. And he's got earrings. And, he's being uh, independent. Uh, he's, he's being, being his, his own his kid. Own, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah independent. We used to call it emo
0: uh, back in the day. Yeah. It, what does that even mean? <laughs> emo. emo? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well,
1: actually, emo, emo is. I almost said emo, but I was like, oh, they probably won't know what emo is. But I, I should maybe thought. D- oh, what, Daniel's what Daniel, Daniel, so, uh, <laughs>
0: years older than. Goth is like way more intense than emo. Yeah, when, yeah. When he, emo
1: is actually, I think, what he's considered to, to be is like mm.
0: it's a tamer form of. Like yeah. he listens to like Green Day and uh, and My Chemical Romance and like.
1: Yeah, he no. he loves uh, he loves like alternative rock. He loves hip hop music too. Mm. He likes a little bit of everything, but yeah, nice. loves uh, loves music. Was never a sports guy. We tried. Tried all the sports grown up, was never really interested in it. He did wrestling for a few years, but he, he's just not not made for uh for sports. He's gotten into skateboarding uh recently though. That's oh, cool. that's kind of a new new thing for him. But uh he's just kind of a he he mixes it up and has a bunch of different interests and uh he's extremely talented in uh, making beats. Like oh. on his computer. He can oh, make okay. like amazing I mean, I seriously think he could be professional with it. And uh Cool. So yeah, and, and it sounds like he enjoys doing it, right? He does. Yeah, yeah no, he's uh, he's just an amazing kid. He's got a big heart, and he's, you know, he's a teenager, and, you know, there's the struggles that come with that. Definitely the...
2: Yeah, I know I, I know what you're talking about. Independence. Mm. Uh, Me too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I know, because it's, you know, because, again, pretty because recent. Because seven years I mean, ago you yeah. were a
0: <laughs> ah, yeah and then you're younger you said it was—he was he was is, 13 tyler
1: tyler is uh is 13 tyler is my sports guy though he uh well he loves all sports but like football and basketball probably his, his favorite ones uh he um is also very musically inclined but not uh really with like the beats and stuff he sings and uh he has actually made a few songs recently that he's recorded. He's actually, he and Jacob have collaborated a little bit on a couple nice. of songs, wow. but then they got an argument and then that just kind of got squashed. <laughs> but uh, he loves to sing, he loves to act. He's been in tons of plays and he's just a very, wanting to be in, in front of an audience and, uh, you know, he's very extroverted. Jacob's very introverted. They're, they're really like night and day in, in many ways, um, but uh, awesome kid. Um, both in you know,
2: the music. Do they get that from mom or dad or neither?
1: Well, they get it more from their dad. Um, he he has some. I mean, he doesn't really play instruments, but he has like a really good ear for music, and he. Um, I don't know. I think they get it. They get it definitely more from his side. I don't have a musical bone in my body, but I love music. Mm. So,
0: uh, what kind of, yeah, so. What kind yeah. of what uh, kind of concerts did you guys go to before the Rona hit?
1: Oh man. A little bit of everything. We uh, well, probably one of the more recent and enjoyable concerts was the uh, the Foo Fighters. We're both big big Foo oh, Fighters fans. Oh, cool! And, uh,
2: Does that mean Nirvana as well, or really just Foo? Oh Foo no,
1: Foo love Nirvana too. I, uh, Fred actually saw Nirvana um, some time ago. I was like, man, I wish I mm. wish I could have yeah couldn't have gone to that. But yeah,
2: but you still so got a big Dave, Dave Grohl. Grohl fan. Yeah, yeah. Grohl's yeah, he's amazing. A, he's a pretty talented cat. He is.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's one of the best ones I've been to for sure.
2: Wow, right. Niran is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's a drummer for them, obviously, mm-hmm. or he was. Uh, and Foo Fighters will be in the Hall of Fame as well, and he'll be. Are the, they
1: not in the Hall of Fame? The,
2: I I don't know. They're still active. They tend not to have still active huh. guys in. They may be Green oh, Day. So in. it's more
1: of an after they. I think so. They, okay.
0: I don't know. Do you know the rules, Daniel? Nope. For Hall of Fame, yeah. No, I don't. No, know. I'm surprised I don't. You
1: don't know those rules. I figured you would know, them, Daniel. No.
0: Like yeah, thing. you're right. I'm a really Falling short here.
2: All right, so Daniel, go ahead and ask the uh, standard question. Yeah, I was which, about to
0: ask you ask, yes, but uh, I'll ask it.
2: Uh, do you know what this question is?
1: I, I don't know that I do.
2: It's a standard question we ask.
1: That might indicate that yet. I have not made it <clears throat> to the very end. Of, of any of the podcasts that I've listened no, it's, to it's if I don't good. know this we, question. We
2: assume <laughs> that the average listening time is about three minutes per episode.
0: Yeah, we always <laughs> like we always leave a lot of like expletives and, and crazy stuff right at the end because we know people will never get to oh, it. Oh, wow, but,
1: crazy stuff, okay. You know,
0: <laughs> we, we say some th- things that probably
2: could get us arrested, actually. Right, but oh, it, 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 but
0: nobody ever makes it to the end, so it's we don't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah exactly. it may as well not exist. Right. So That was our really <laughs> awkward attempt at teasing. <laughs> Here's the question. So... Uh, Given that you are 25 years old and, and like healthy and, and no kids or obligations in your life, would you rather join the military or uh, pursue being a, a stand-up comedian with all your might?
1: Oh wow.
2: That's she really... clearly she clearly didn't get to the end of any of these.
1: Really a tough question. yeah. well, I mean I immediately gravitate towards uh, the stand-up comedian. I don't feel like I would make it in the military. I don't know. I just think it takes a really tough person, like a, like a Paul Gilman, for example, to... Well, and um, ruggedly,
2: ruggedly handsome. You know, I don't know. I know. Think of
1: <laughs> think of boot camp and all the other... I don't know. I just don't I don't feel like I would do well as much as I'd want to serve my country and so forth. But um, the stand-up comedy stuff, like, it's actually something that, like, I maybe wanted to do at some point in my life. Like, it was a hidden thing that I never Ooh. really said out loud. But uh, I'm not funny enough, and I don't like standing in front of audiences, so that would be, like, kind of bad. But if I had to really choose between just those two things, I guess that would be it you're yeah. is this going you, you, somewhere you, you, no it's, like
2: it's no it's not it's, <laughs> it's meant to learn more about you through that question so yeah. i think you would be better than you're uh, actually saying at the moment and daniel has a theory and i, I tend to uh, subscribe to this theory that if you grind and learn as you're grinding you can be pretty funny even though you're not the most obvious kid from high school that would have become a
0: comedian it's all about mm-hmm. reps baby yeah reps reps are all you need to get good at anything uh, so you, kind of like this podcast, yeah. yeah. So,
1: so your comment then is not unique to being a comedian; it's for anything, yeah. Anything that you want to do, you believe that you can do it if you
0: if you put in, put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm okay. sure. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't, you can't be six feet no matter how hard you try if you're not six feet tall. So there is that element to it. But pretty much anything, I think, uh, there you could find an example of someone that did not have natural talent for it but loved it anyway and just worked their ass off until they got really good at it. There are plenty of, one thing I think of a lot is uh, jiu-jitsu, the martial art. And there are black belts that are like, I was bad at all sports, not athletic, terrible at defending myself, and I just kept doing jiu-jitsu for like 15 years. And I just kept showing up. And now they're black belts and can like completely destroy everybody else in the gym. So, yeah, that's my theory.
1: Huh.
2: Did you like his example of jujitsu?
1: Well, yes. I guess I was in my head. I was going like back and forth between. Well, you know, could could anybody do jujitsu or karate or something like that with the proper training? And you know, it, does that apply to everything, or or is it something that's you know where there's maybe more of a regiment and and you know you have a skilled person that's like teaching you how to do whatever it is. Like I, right. I don't know. I think like the comedian example. You know. Do you have a skilled comedian teaching you? I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I'm just trying. I don't.
0: To, no, I don't think you would. Don't
1: apples to apples. But let's
0: let's <laughs> let's pull that out of the. Yeah. So you're right. It's a, not a great comparison. But I think for comedian, you have to come up with your own style. But I still think that if you just put in reps and uh, get feedback and like figure out what makes people laugh and what doesn't,
2: and can endure how awful it is initially, right? You, you were talk about
0: vulnerability. You were super vulnerable. Yeah, starting out, at a humility. lot of pain too. Talking about pain, uh, but if you keep going through that, I think that you get you you will get better.
1: Yeah. And yeah, you couldn't you couldn't get better without the pain, right? Right, and you can't get better without making mistakes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Pain yeah. is weakness leaving the body. Something. Oh like gosh, that. now we're yeah. getting into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what is that a uh, military thing? Or? That's
2: some like old people say shit like that. Yeah, that's all that is. Well, how yeah. do you
1: know? How are you familiar with it then?
0: We used to say it when oh. I was a kid. I think some coach said it to me. I think I heard it in a movie. It's like a war movie or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it might be an army thing. It's not a bad thing. Unless you're like, unless you broke your arm and it hurts. It's like, is that really? Your
2: bone's going to come back stronger.
0: Okay. All right. Let me think of something
2: else. That's how it works. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, so uh, 10 years from now, kids are doing their own thing. What, what uh, What does your life look like?
1: Man. I need to I need to think more into the future about that. That's a great question. Are you a
2: planner by nature?
1: Oh, I am. I am, but I cannot imagine my life like without like my day-to-day family and my kids like being around. Like I just can't imagine being an empty nester. I know at some point it'll happen and you know, we've talked about traveling and like maybe even moving. I, I I don't know if we would, but we talked about like San Diego would be an awesome place to live. That is a, a few it's years 65 ago. Oh to God.
2: 75 degrees, no humidity, gorgeous scenery. Yeah. And uh got the ocean. A bottle of water costs seventeen dollars. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. crazy expensive out there. <laughs> Doesn't get
0: better than that.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I need to come up with something like exciting and bold. Doesn't to, have to be exciting. Uh, you know, to think forward to, but I don't know.
0: So,
2: like, travel bucket list for me is I want to get, get to all 50 states. So I think I'm, like, seven mm-hmm. or eight short. I want to go to six of the seven continents. Antarctica doesn't really do much for me. Um, but the other six for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I've hit, hit three of the six. So, yeah, traveling a lot?
1: I have a whole list of uh, travel desires. I don't know if it's quite as broad as what you just described, but maybe it should be.
2: Where's the next place you would go if, if you could go anywhere in the world?
1: Um, well, the next place I am going is uh, to uh, Toronto for the first time, which isn't that, that exciting. It is. Toronto's um, In late, Toronto's late cool. August. But uh, we're actually, it's funny, you mentioned the Rock and Hall Hall of Fame. We're actually starting in Cleveland, and we're going to the Rock and Hall Hall of Fame while we're there, and we're nice. going to Cedar Point Park. They have, like, the supposedly the biggest uh, roller coasters in the U.S., and then we're going to drive up to Buffalo, and then we're going to go to Toronto, and it's like this uh, trip. So anyway, I'm kind oh, of excited cool. about that. But, yeah, if I could choose anywhere in the world. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know. The first places that come to mind are Japan and Australia. Um,
2: Super different than uh, the. I went America. to
1: Europe for the first time last year. It was really my first time out of the country, actually, with the exception of like the Bahamas, which I don't think that really counts. Mm-hmm. Um, it technically
2: does, but not so, really. Well,
1: it, yeah. it counts when you haven't been anywhere else, but then once you've been to other places, like it just doesn't feel like it. So, where, counts where'd you go so much, in Europe? But, um, so actually I went with J- Jacob's, um, uh, high school, uh, Latin class, uh, nice. took a trip. And so I went with a bunch of teenagers and we went to, um, Italy, multiple places in Italy, Rome, Florence, and then we went to uh, Barcelona, which actually we ended the trip there. And that was my favorite of the entire trip was really? uh, the day really I spent in Barcelona, but
0: like better than Florence and Rome. Yeah. Wow. I've never I didn't care
1: for Rome actually very much at all. It's kinda dirty and I don't know. People weren't as nice. I liked Florence a lot. And then we went to Assisi and Pisa and a couple other places. I mean, I liked Italy. Don't get me Mm. wrong. I mean, it was wonderful. But Barcelona, I don't know. I just liked the vibe and uh, the people there. And I don't know. Sounds like a cool city.
0: And they're like, they're trying to be different. Or they're in Catalonia, which is different from Spain. So they have this like rebel thing going on. No, Mm but I say that because when I visit, I think Florence is probably like the most enchanting and just kind of magical place I've ever been to. Like everything about it, so I, don't, I feel like I I got to make it to Barcelona now.
1: So you've already been to to Florence. Did, did you do this like on a like? How did you? Yeah, did it, was you a,
0: get was it was a he was in
2: high school. He, his uh, sports teams would travel to
0: Europe for tournaments. I know it was ridiculous. What what sport? Uh swimming. I was. Wow. Yeah. But I wasn't that good. It was just. I mean, I'm like, hey, where where's the
2: uh, the the basketball tournament? Oh, it's in another <clears> part <throat> of Richmond where Daniel's like, oh yeah, we're going from Cairo to Germany.
0: Yeah. It was a weird...
1: Yeah. Like when, when I was your age, I, w- I couldn't even dream of like a trip like that.
0: So yeah. She was, <laughs> she was pumped to pumped in Even your enrichment. current
1: age. Not, certainly not as a teenager.
0: Right. And this is <laughs> so. why like this whole manufactured suffering thing is like a, a part of, of me is because I think I kind of had it really, really great and easy. Uh, but so the, the Florence thing is that um, when I was like, I think 18 or 19, we still lived in, in Egypt. And so Italy's like not far away. So we just did a family Christmas trip in uh, Florence and Rome. And Florence was just like, it was just mind blowing. It's just so amazing. Do
2: you know where my family did their Christmas trips?
0: Wait, 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 wait. Uh, River. No,
2: Cup Nope, C- nope. Cahia. I'm talking about when I was a kid, man. Oh. We would go from our bedrooms down to the
0: family <laughs> room. Those were, those were our Christmas trips. <laughs> oh, Pianca Tonk. Pianca tank. Uh, Pianka. <laughs> sounds more fun, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, Barcelona. Is that, where, is that your answer, though? Is that where you'd go? I think it is. I think um, we just backed into it.
1: Well, I mean, if, if I had to go back to somewhere, I've Oh, I, she's been, she's been yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, mm. that's but, but that kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. But I don't want to be on a plane that long, though. So, or um, a ship even longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part that makes me a little... But if you stayed it. for
2: like three months, it would be Well, worse. sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's...
2: Good times. Yeah. Cool. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I think I told you around 8.30 we would end, and it's a little after 8.30. Look at that. I, uh, I don't want you to be super tired on your way back home, but I don't know, I, no, thank good. you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, your story is inspiring. I learned more about you than I knew coming in, so I'm glad we got to do this, and I hope we can get this out.
0: Is your, book, is your book on Amazon? Where can people buy it?
1: Uh, Amazon. It's also on eBay for the um, three people that did not did not use Amazon. <laughs> well, I was going to say um, eBay still a thing? Uh, I, I guess it is. <laughs> I, I had a couple people mention that I don't know they don't like Amazon <laughs> for whatever reason. I mean I can, and see, I can their, see why some these might. people
0: are in their eighties.
1: Yeah, but well, <laughs> no, well, no. I mean I try um, to
0: avoid Amazon. I, I try to use Books a Million.
1: I need to avoid Amazon. It's uh,
0: it's so yeah, it's so oh, cheap. Man. But, yeah, okay, so Amazon or uh, eBay, pay, Paying With Purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us and sharing all your, your story with us.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you having me.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using. To share your thoughts, head over to our website at podso1.io, and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly.